Chart Chat is a member of the Tiege.fm network from WTJU Radio. Find out more at Tiege.fm. That's T-E-E-J dot F-M. everybody it's monday november 5th 2018 i'm tanner green and i'm caitlin flay and you are listening to chart chat your weekly guide to the past week of pop singles hitting the u.s and uk charts caitlin we took a week off but we are back in full force how's it going we are and it's going pretty well i mean my social calendar just kind of like exploded and i think so did yours kind of and that's a good thing for us and we're happy to be back though Yes, we missed you all, and I missed you, and I also missed the U.S. chart entries. Debuting at number 100, we've got Burning Man by Dirks Bentley featuring Brothers Osborne. We've got Lil Yachty featuring Playboy Cardi debuting at number 98 with their song Get Dripped. Debuting at number 93, there's Dua Lipa and Blackpink with Kiss and Make Up. Juice World debuts at number 92 with Make It Back. Debuting at number 91, there's Yacht Club by Lil Yachty featuring Juice World. Then we've got a little mini Khalid block. Debut at number 89, 88, and 83, you've got Vertigo, Sun City, and Saturday Nights, with Sun City being a song that features Empress of. Debut at number 82, there's Future and Juice World with Astronauts. Once again, Future and Juice World, this time uh, featuring Young Scooter. Debut at number 72 with Jetlag. Next, we jump down to number 65 with When the Party's Over by Billie Eilish. Debut at number 54, there's Cardi B with Money. Future and Juice World debut at number 26 with Fine China and the highest debut, a top 10 debut no less, from the new Spider-Man or Venom or something. I, I do a really bad job of keeping up with movies, but I'll just say the song is called Sunflower. It debuts at number 9 and it's by our good friends, or at least Caitlin's good friends, Post Malone and Sway Lee. Caitlin, what you got cooking over in the UK? Yay! So I'm super excited to talk about these entries because last weekend I was in a world of marches and I hung out with a really cool composer called Brian Belmages and he was just like there at the school I teach at and he's very sarcastic and cool but we were nowhere near the realm of pop music so I am super super pumped to announce at number 85 we have Ambush Buzzwirl first of all incredible artist name with the song Man Can't at number 77 we have Ava Max with Sweet But Psycho at 73, we have Crept and Conan featuring Tabitha with Pour Me Another One. Saturday Nights by Khalid debuts at number 69. Right above that, at 55, we have Future and Juice World with Fine China. At number 50, we have Billie Eilish, When the Party's Over. At number 46, we have 1975 with It's Not Living If It's Not With You. At number 43, we have James Arthur with Empty Space. Debuting at number 41, we have Khalid again, featuring Empress Of with Sun City. At number 36, we have Dua Lipa and Blackpink with Kiss and Makeup. At number 35, we have D-Block Europe, Young Ads, Dirtbike LB, and Lil Pino. <laughs> I love that name. So cute. <laughs> with their song Nasty. At number 31, we have Zara Larson with Ruin My Life and 
cracking the top 10 this week on the UK charts, we have Post Malone and Sway Lee with the aforementioned Sunflower. Tanner, you have a couple cool picks for us this week. I do. I also want to give a brief shout out to that song by the 1975. The first time I've listened to a song by that band and not actively hated it. So that's exciting. But even more exciting than that <laughs> is the first song I want to talk about this week, which is Burning Man by Dirks Bentley featuring Brothers Osborne. Uh, this is Bentley's second single from his eighth album, The Mountain. Dirks Bentley, of course, being a country star going all the way back to the early 2000s. Uh, and this album, The Mountain, came out back in June debut at number three and its lead single woman amen peaked at number 53 on the hot 100 that same month and meanwhile here in the present uh burning man not only snuck in at the very bottom rung of the hot 100 but it's also at number 15 and climbing on the country charts if like it probably will i would imagine burning man enters the top 10 of that chart it'll wind up being bentley's 23rd country top 10 hit since his first one all the way back in 2003 Wow. And as I mentioned, Burning Man also features extensive contributions from Brothers Osborne, who are a country duo that is more recently successful, we'll say. They also have an album out this year, though, that is also, like The Mountain, pretty good, in my opinion. Uh, it's called Port St. Joe. came out back in April, debuted at number 15 on the Billboard 200. And this is the Brothers Osborne, uh, only their third appearance on the Hot 100. And while they have yet to crack the top 40... They have a song called Stay a Little Longer, which reached number 46 back in February of 2016 and was actually certified platinum later that year. So very much on the rise, you know, pairing a young up-and-comer with an established star, very familiar A&R move. And with all that said, let's go ahead and listen to a clip. Uh, once again, this is Burning Man. At the start of the clip, we're going to hear Dirk Bentley's voice. And then at the beginning of the second verse, we will hear TJ Osborne pick up the vocals. One day I'm the exception Most days I'm just like most Some days I'm headed in the right direction And some days I ain't even close I'm a little bit steady but still a little bit rolling stone I'm a little bit heaven but still a little bit flesh and bone Little foul, little don't know where I am I'm a little bit holy so I find a lot to like about this accompaniment. Similar to previous single from this album, Woman Amen, the drum beat here is very Tom heavy. But unlike Woman Amen, I don't think the beat here on Burning Man comes off as lumbering or sort of ungainly almost. And I think a lot of that is because of the guitar part on this track. This kind of continual finger picking on an acoustic guitar. If you listen to the intro of the song, it's very tactile. I think we talked about that. That one Luke Combs song where it was almost as if you could hear the actual fingernails on the strings. And it's a little similar to that in terms of feeling very present in the room with you in a sense. And I think that really helps enliven the song when juxtaposed with a fairly simple drum pattern. But at the same time, I know Caitlin might feel a little differently about these these strums, but when you hit the, the, the pre-chorus or the chorus, you get these really dramatic 
big strums, the da-dun, da-dun, and then all the other instruments besides the voice and drums drop out for a little bit, and then da-dun, da-dun. And for me, at least, it feels very cinematic. I listen to that chorus, and I wind up thinking of maybe some sort of overhead wide shot of someone driving through some canyon out west or something like that. It has that very prairie roaming feel, which, of course, fits with the song's lyrics. And as for the voices, at first I was a little confused, I suppose I would say, because Bentley and Osborne, their voices make for a bit of an odd pairing, even though I think it does ultimately work. Uh, For one, Bentley certainly has a more nasal tone than Osborne, a little bit more of a pinched sound. The, The twang is a little more aggressive. But he also leans into the graininess, kind of verging into vocal fry of his voice, particularly if you go back to that clip and listen to that verse that he sings. At the ends of his phrases, he really leans into that. I think that it was that's the first or the second line in the clip where he, he does, one day I'm the exception, and kind of lets his voice kind of crackle as he finishes that line. So on one hand, you have that, and then on the other hand, you have... Osborne's voice which has a much gentler attack the phrases are more slurred and there's almost this mournful drawn out sort of drawling quality to it and when I first heard it I was like I don't know if this works this is a really sort of bizarre contrast and then the more I listened and the more I thought about it I was like hey I think this actually works on a just like a gut level like is this interesting yes but also if you start thinking about the lyrics which are all about these internal contradictions that both Bentley and Osborne are facing, being a little bit X and also a little bit Y. If you have a song where the singers are a little bit gravelly and a little bit smooth, maybe that works out. Caitlin, what you thinking? I was just thinking how much I like TJ Osborne's voice. I think it has, I think you're onto something with the mournful quality, but I also think it has a really kind of like a, a little bit sexier quality than Dirks Bentley. And I think that works really well for this song. And then thinking back to the like the things in the chorus that almost gave me anxiety when I listened to it the first time. I think it's kind of nice to have that that loud kind of in your face coming from the instrumentals instead of a vocal. And I, I like that mix. I like that mix of Dirk's twang, TJ Osborne's kind of sexiness, like chill, and then the being handled by the instrumentals. I think it's a really cool song. I don't know if it'll climb in the U.S. that much. I, I If I would guess, I'd say it might hit in the 80s and then drop off kind of slowly. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I, I It seems like most, barring maybe Dan and Shay or Florida Georgia Line, it seems like most of these sort of established country axes hits kind of level out around that sort of 80 range on the Hot 100. But I, I, at least for me, I think it'll definitely climb on the country chart. Oh, yeah. And it's in, it's interesting to think about the, the contributions of the, the Brothers Osborne on this track. Uh, obviously didn't show up in the clip, but later on, John Osborne, the other half of that duo, brings in a guitar solo that's very prickly, almost. Has a very sharp attack that contrasts with his brother's voice and also harks back to Bentley's voice a little bit. And... For listeners who are potentially into either or both of these singers, I would recommend checking out both of those albums. Like I mentioned, The Mountain is a totally solid album, and Port St. Joe is arguably even better. If you like long, twangy guitar solos, their song Shoot Me Straight 
I think it's like five or six minutes long, and there's a sort of extended like minute and a half jam or something like that. It's pretty good, uh, and and he's a really good guitarist. So it's fun to talk about, fun to listen to, and even more fun to listen to is the next song I want to talk about, which is a very, very dramatic shift from the song we just finished talking about, and that's When the Party's Over by Billie Eilish. This is the Rising Star's third Hot 100 entry this year and total for her career. Again, very, very new to mainstream success. I'm pretty sure we talked about her song Lovely with Khalid a number of months ago, which I was a huge fan of. We may have also talked about You Should See Me in a Crown. I don't recall as well if we did talk about that. But basically, going into the song, I was at a point where I had heard four of her songs and liked all four of them to varying degrees of intensity. And I don't know if we ever really gave much backstory to her when we did talk about Lovely. Basically, she's 16 years old. 16 years old? Yeah, I'm trying not to fall apart at the thought of what I was doing when I was 16. But since 2016, that was when her first song, Ocean Eyes, came out. She just released it on SoundCloud and it sort of went viral, blew up. And from there, her popularity has just sort of skyrocketed. And this track, When the Party's Over allegedly at least, is going to be a single from her highly anticipated debut album that is due soon. Her brother, who she works with on on production and songwriting, made noises that maybe it was going to come out this year, but maybe it'll come out early next year. We don't really know, but while I wait on pins and needles for that, we're going to listen to the sound of Billie Eilish tiding me over once again. This is when the party's over. Don't continued to be baffled, bewildered, caught off guard, surprised. I, Billie Eilish is another one of those musicians who I feel like you could be very reductive in describing. Oh, she's just riding Lord's coattails. It's another one of those sad indie girls, blah, 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 blah. And in general, I, I think that's a very uncharitable description, but I'd be lying if I said that that vocal style often really grates on me. And I often find it hard to, to get behind. But as opposed to the B.B. Rexes or the Bishop Briggses or the whoever else's of the world, I consistently find Billie Eilish's music to completely and utterly transcend any reductive description like that. I am incredibly into this song. And thinking back to another artist that we talked about a couple episodes ago, whose music could be reductively described. I'm thinking of Black. I'm thinking of that song that we talked about. Pretty Little Fears, I think that's what it was called. The one with yeah. J. Cole on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And not only are these both two artists who could be uncharitably criticized, but they're both artists who, as we talked about with that Black song, use so much empty space to just kind of let the listener sit in. And this Billie Eilish song does that to the extreme. 
And I think what makes the song so impressive to me, at least, is if you're going to have a song that's that stripped down, you better have a good melody. You, you better have something to latch on to because otherwise the song is just going to kind of waft by. And right from the jump, this song, even before she starts singing any words, the song opens with this wordless melody. And that's the melodic anchor of the song. It's already there. The song is also in this 6-8 sort of waltzing, lilting meter that is fairly unique, I think, for a lot of pop songs. You know, most of the time we're going to be just in simple 4-4. And not only do you have that sort of swaying in the meter, but you also have that in the general dynamics of the song. Eilish's voice, the accompaniment. There's barely any piano in the first verse. I picked up in the second verse for the clip that we played. But there's this general swelling, this ebbing and flowing, and then the general melodic contours. The verse, it's that general melodic idea, and then you repeat it up a certain uh, interval, and then you jump into a higher register and you keep doing that. And then what does the chorus do? There's that swell upwards of sounds, and it just kind of gently drifts back down, keeping that lilting quality, And the production is also gorgeous. Sometimes in these little in-between spaces, you have these little distant synth melodies that are just kind of barely there in the distance. And then on that chorus, when there is that swell, you also have a counter melody going at the ends of phrases on a little high-pitched synth. And it's just incredibly elegant, graceful. It It never goes for any sort of a big grand climax. It ends with sort of a whimper almost. It's just her and the piano, and she's up in her higher register, and her voice is sort of crackling, about to give out almost. And it just conveys this mix of bitterness and sadness that, man, I can't get enough of it, and I've listened to this song at least 20 times in the past couple days. Caitlin, save me for my enthusiasm. What are you thinking? I'm going to hit you with a critique and something that you haven't mentioned yet, which are the lyrics, the actual lyrics of the song. Given that Eilish is 16 years old. Her verses are, I would consider, poor lyric-wise. They're very general. They don't make much sense. They don't tell a story. They are almost like fragments, like little snippets from her mind, which you could make an argument fits with the overall tone of the song and the idea of kind of having these dangling Uh, synth lines uh, every so often and the unpredictability of the piano and the swells and the ebb and flow so in that sense it does kind of make sense a little bit but I'm not pulled in by it whatsoever what I love is the chorus like the the quiet when I'm coming home and I'm on my own I could lie say like it like that like it like like that is that's my anchor in this piece that communicates sadness it communicates loneliness and the verses don't communicate anything to me that clearly uh so i would say i'm really excited for this album to come out i love this vocal style this is a vocal style that's close to kind of what i have because i'm not a great singer uh and i am constantly just in love with women's voices that can crackle like that and can lilt and I think it's really it's really exciting for the charts to have Billie Eilish. I could continue to gush, and I might, but I'll just say <laughs> instead that that line in the chorus about 
I could I could lie and say I like it like that. It's a really good line, and I guess I kind of see what you're saying about the the other lyrics being less uh, vivid. But I'll shut my mouth because I could go on forever. Caitlin, what you got over in the UK? All righty. Well, since you started at the bottom with the U.S. entry, I'm going to start at the bottom for our U.K. entries. We're going to talk about man can't ambush buzzwirl. I still have not gotten over this name, this rap rapper name. It's hilarious. <laughs> I'm going to try not to say it that much because every time I say it, I like have this weird smile on my face. Okay, short and sad story. Not much is known about this guy. Uh, He's another one of these UK up-and-comers that we've been talking about a lot on the podcast. Uh, He has about 36,000 Instagram followers, uh, way less, about 3,000 on Twitter. So he's really not big yet. But never fear, dear listeners, I have come up with yet another cool thread. You may recall that we talked many moons ago about uh, flanger and phaser effects on instrumental tracks. I believe it may have been uh, the episode where we talked about Praise the Lord, ASAP Rocky, and uh, Skepta. I thought it was I thought it was uh, Power Glide, the Ray Shremard song. Was it Power Glide? I could be wrong. I thought it was that. No, well, it was your pick, so it, it must you would remember it better than me. So now, instead of having these effects on instrumentals, we have them on vocals. I also hate using words that no one but music techies understand. Uh, So another way to put this flanger phaser effect in layman's terms is kind of an auditory underwater effect. So I'm going to refer to it as that. So it's a little bit clearer what we're talking about and when we're talking about it. So earlier this year, Ambush Buzzworld collaborated with UK rappers Chip and Skepta on a remix of the track titled Jumpy. And that track right now has just over 3 million streams on Spotify. And it's also where we start our journey with this underwater vocal effect. So listen to this clip of Jumpy. You're going to hear Ambush Buzzworld's voice. Yeah, grew up in a dumb estate. Buzzworld, that's a jumpy place. Got my Cali in my suit, I'm wasted. Right now, I can't feel my face. Two chicks in a back just waiting. Trying to act like they don't want to wait. Slow down, baby girl, it's late. I can't drive in the States. And I don't want to crush this rent or wreck. Could a depot looking all crate. And your girlfriend looking like cake. Looking like creme brulee. So now that you have that in your ears, Let's listen to Ambush Buzzworld's latest, number 85 on the UK charts. Last week, this one is Man Can't. There's a lot recycled between the two tracks that you just heard, including, if you check out our playlist, there's a female vocal sample at the beginning of both tracks that just goes like that for about four seconds. Uh, So that's very clearly recycled. But because I know we have a lot of people who make music on computers, I'm going to tell you how you do this, which is a lot of fun. I was messing around with Adobe Audition the other day at work, and there's a preset under modulation. 
and under phaser as just underwater. You can find this very easily. But it's really not quite right in the case of Ambush Buzzwirl because it the preset actually inserts weird wave sounds too, like watery, like if you were swimming. So we don't really want that. So in this case, I do believe that we're using a flanger here. And again, if you go into Adobe Audition under modulation flanger, you can select Hell's Chorus. <laughs> And it's base it basically sounds like satanic voice doubling or tripling. And it's really it's it's cool. I, I enjoyed like recording and then putting all of these effects on my voice to make me sound like a scary person. Uh so happy belated Halloween. That's kind of all I have to say. Uh have fun messing around with this, guys. Tanner, I know that you also enjoyed this song this week. You want to speak on it for a sec? Yeah, it's one of those songs uh, similar, I think, to your reaction to the little baby track, uh, "Close Friends." Except I liked this song, whereas you did not care for "Close Friends." I think it's 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 fairly archetypical. There's not a lot of it that strikes me as particularly unique, but I think just in terms of sheer execution, it's done really well. I have long been a fan of that particular sound that that crops up in a lot of these uh trap leading tracks that sounds like someone crunching into something like they're eating the it's a really good sound there are some of these little distant sort of counter melodies that almost sound you know you've talked before about how grime artists will frequently use video game timbres from like the 90s or something and at least to my rudimentary understanding this is more of a this this isn't traditional grime, so to speak, but that timbre, the the sort of almost synthesized voice, little backing melody, has some of that video gamey quality to my ears. And I think in general, Buzzworld does a really good job with dynamics, with really accenting the right pa pa. And there are going to be a couple times where the beat will also follow suit. It'll, it'll interrupt its flow to accent those same notes. And I think it's just a really, really well put together version of this particular type of song, basically. I am consistently, I, I think, impressed and not impressed by songs like this in the UK charts because you bring up a really good point, Tanner, that it's it, it, we have almost heard it before, <laughs> right? Uh, it's borderline that. But I think these cool little... Uh, tidbits that we both picked up on make it a little bit a little unique so it's it's fun it's cool my next pick showed up on both the uk and u.s charts this week shorty like a thousand dollar plate yes that's right we're talking about fine china not to be confused listeners with chris brown's really weird bruno mars phase circa 2014 just because I know it's going to make Tanner squirm, we're going to listen to the final track of Chris Brown's 2014 album, X, deluxe version, for one second. This is Fine China by Chris Brown, not my pick this week.
Tanner's face right now. You just it's like panicked and also sour grapes. <laughs> and even putting aside the fact that Chris Brown is a loathsome human being, that was also pretty rough as a listen, independent of that. Fairly entertaining though. You're welcome, listeners. <laughs> okay, back to back to the charts. Back to the charts. I'm not gonna waste your time uh or mine getting into the bios of Future or Juice World. Uh we've talked about Juice World being kind of a big SoundCloud rapper and Future does not need an introduction. Um, but I would like to focus on In Fine China, which I really didn't expect uh, from either of these rappers, is text painting. So before I get into it and what text painting means, some listeners might be familiar with it in the realm of classical music, I want to talk about uh, Fine China and just a brief overview of the song. So Fine China is about loving and kind of borderline obsessing over a person in good ways and bad ways. And it's also about changing for a person and being okay with it, but also knowing that you're not probably enough and you feel kind of desperate and insecure. And that might be deeper than what Juice World intended with this very short track. But whatever. I I got all of those things just from listening to this track. Okay. Word painting or text painting, what is it? Just in case you forgot about my extensive classical music background, here's a little refresher. Text painting is a way of composing music or a melody so that it reflects some kind of literal or metaphorical meaning of the song's lyrics. For example, if we're singing a song in 16th century England about going to heaven... You might have a melody that says, and I climb the ladder to heaven, something like that. So you're stepping up motion wise, and it's kind of like a metaphor for like going to heaven, right? So that's kind of a very basic example of what text painting is. Okay, deep dive. I apologize for ignoring Future's utterly useless verse here. So please find it in your hearts to forgive me. Let's talk about Juice World. Shorty like a thousand dollar plate, fine china Tell her that she beautiful every day, I remind her I jump in a like a lake, I'm a dive And the last man was a cat of a drum I get lost in her eyes like dust from the skies Her body or nobody, I refuse to compromise So if she leaves, I'm a glitch like, oh, she a die Did I say that out loud? I'm so crazy about mine So Juice World's melody mostly hovers in and around a nice major key during the chorus. We're generally in the key of C major here, and it's kind of like a very nice, cushy, could go either way, the melody major or minor, but we stay in the major for the most part. The first example of text painting I'm going to give is when Juice World sings, I get lost in her eyes like dust from the skies. And he's reaching, he's in his upper tone here. And remember what I just said about heaven? Like, dust from her eyes like dust in the skies, right? And he's singing like mostly G, A, D, like it's really up there. And then one line later, 
he sings so if she leaves i'm a kill her oh she'll die like complete like 180 and the melody shifts downward we have a super rapid minor second descending to a minor third and it's just she'd die uh it's like that part and that my friends is the moment that i was hooked on this song i was not expecting the minor and i loved it and again text painting my friends so if she leaves i'm a killer she'll die death downward dying right so the brief descending minor melody happens again when Juice reveals another one of his shortcomings and insecurities at the end of the verse. Like, he admits that he's selfish. He's like, I'm selfish about my perks. Oh, oh. And he does that minor thing again. And I don't know. I think it's cool to think about the text painting here because it adds a deeper layer to something serious about a relationship and about something personal that might otherwise get glossed over without the melodic distinction and without kind of looking at at what's going on melodically there um I'm really excited about this song and I'm doing this new thing on my Instagram of a pick of the week uh just generally of my music taste and you should check it out uh because it's it's fun and Fine China was the the first uh inaugural (laughs) inaugural post um Tanner do you have any thoughts about this song I know you weren't entirely enthralled with it not really. I'd, I'd agree with some of what you're saying in terms of Future's verse being kind of superfluous. I think part of my lukewarm feelings toward the song also might be because I find the album as a whole kind of lukewarm. This is one of the songs hitting the charts from uh, Future and Juice World's collaborative album. Future and Juice World presents dot 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 world on drugs in all caps. <laughs> Rolls off the tongue. And it's just kind of a... a, a dull album in a lot of ways there are a couple standout tracks and i i wouldn't be surprised to see this one climb more because it's certainly catchy enough but i think it's one of those ones that just fall into the zone where it's like uh, not not really feeling it if we're if we're talking about juice world melodies from this week i'm much more keen on on yacht club which is technically a little yachty track but with juice world uh, as a featured artist but juice world we've talked about him before i'm sure we'll talk about him again I still think Lucid Dreams is a jam. And just to close with, what girl doesn't like being compared to a $1,000 plate? I know I sure do. Or told that if you leave him, he'll kill you. Right. Mm. Great. (laughs) Well. Okay, Tanner, let's lighten things up and let's move to our pick of the week. Let's lighten things up and talk about our also dour pick of the week. (laughs) Caitlin, I feel like, is still humoring me and allowing me this. I told her she didn't have to. We could we could pick something else. But apparently my enthusiasm was too excessive to be ignored because of the pick of the week. <laughs> <sighs> it's when the party's over. It's Billie Eilish. And I already covered most of what I want to talk about. But diving back into my couple days long obsession with the song that is still ongoing, I fell in love with the song before seeing the music video. I usually don't look up music videos for the song but i kept listening to it divorced from the music video kept falling more and more in love with it and then finally was like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and look up this music video i can't remember the last time i've been so obsessed with the music video it is so good it is a uh, look it up if you are okay with being potentially creeped out uh, caitlin's making a face and a noise it's a, it's a, it's like a one shot long take video of her in all white sitting in a white room drinking this glass of mysterious black liquid 
and then at one point she starts crying but the what she's crying is the black liquid that she drank and at first watching the video i was thinking oh, okay it's like really good cgi or something like that but then she starts smearing the liquid on her face and in her mouth while she's lip syncing and it's even more uncomfortable because it's like she's crying black tears and then uh, and then the song ends with the camera panning down and then when she's out of frame in on the floor in the background you see just these pools of the black liquid just like overtake everything and it's really uncomfortable and i found this article online talking about how they pulled it off apparently they had some tubes that they had colored to look like her her skin tone and jury rigged them to line up with her tear ducts and so then when the appropriate part of the song came up they would trigger the actual liquid coming out of those tubes it's so good it's such a good video and and Watching the video has only made me even more obsessed with the song. So it's our pick of the week. Caitlin, do you have any further thoughts on my new... Uh, I feel like this is the most I've been this excited about a track since probably Mic Drop. If you recall that BTS song from the oh, end of last yeah. year where I was just like bouncing off the walls with how much I loved it. This is this is on that level, I'm pretty sure. That's so exciting. And honestly, like that's why it's our pick of the week because it's rare that either of us react to a top 100 song this strongly so um i was happy to we compromise on the show as always and i like the song well enough something that we didn't bring up that i really like is the really cool sub bass just the ball and it just kind of like it almost fills your body when you at least when i listen to it i just have this sense of that sub bass is like somehow in, it gets inside of my head, inside of my being. And um, maybe that's too deep. But what I'd like to do is what Tanner said was impossible to do with Billie Eilish. I'd like to slap a, a potential reductive uh, label on her. And I'd like that label to be called Mumble Pop. We've talked a lot about Mumble Rap. And it's been a lot, I guess... In pop music news, with Eminem taking shots at mumble rappers, Billie Eilish slurs a lot, uh, and her words are not distinct. And I'm honing in on this because it's a skill that I teach in uh, a radio announcing class that I'm teaching right now, and it just uh, it makes me angry when people don't articulate correctly. And there's a time for colloquialisms and slurring words and doing what you, you want to do. And again, it fits the song her kind of looseness with her articulation, whatever. But mumble pop, let's get behind it. Hashtag mumble pop. Uh, and, you know, at the very end of the song, too, I think a cool effect that I didn't hear the first time I listened to it is this, like, ambience that gets added so it sounds like the mic's being pulled away from her, not necessarily like she's backing away from it, but compared to the closeness of the rest of the song, and how she sounds like she's right on top of the microphone. There's just this space that's added as the song fades out. And that was also really powerful. And that's why it's our pick of the week. It did This song accomplishes a lot in a short time span. And with that, we'd like to thank you for listening to Chart Chat, where the party never ends. If you'd like to listen to all of this past week's chart debuts, you can find a Spotify playlist in the show notes. And if you have any questions, feedback, or corrections, you can get in touch with us via email at chartchatcast at gmail.com. 
Also, if you're interested on following us on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ChartChatCast. We're also waiting for reviews. We deserve them. We crave them. We love them. Helps us find new listeners, and we like feedback. Chart Chat's intro theme was written by Peter Kelly and our cover art made by Billy Phillips, both from Coronation Media. Coronation Media is a creative studio specializing in video production, animation, and graphic design. To learn what they can do for your company or organization, visit www.coronationmedia.com. Chart Chat is also a member of the Teej.fm network from WTJU. To learn more, visit Teej.fm. That's T-E-E-J dot F-M. Thanks again for listening to Chart Chat. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Tanner. And we'll catch you next week. Like it like that, like it like